0: and this is straight talk no sugar added thank you so much for being here this show is created to discuss life topics to grow challenge and transform your thinking and today i found someone who is like full of so much knowledge and it's so interesting i'm so excited to have this conversation and his name is dr rick Cromie, and i hope i said that right he is a Cut. historian he's an author of dozens of books he's a he's in leadership imagineer he's an inspirational edutainer major trainer i had to learn how to say that a couple of times he is the founder and president of Mana, and his mission is to help people interpret history navigate culture and explore faith i am so so glad you're here with me this evening how are you
2: i'm doing great nursing a little bit of a head cold all week long and but having having more fun than i should be allowed to have
0: you know? <laughs> that's awesome let me put my mic over here where are you that's at awesome. right now what part of the world I live in Boise, Idaho. Okay. My yeah. friends are moving to Idaho. I'm like, Idaho?
2: Yeah. <laughs> she, the whole the whole world's excited. moving to Idaho. <laughs>
0: I that's what I hear. I hear you guys are really like, you know, developing a lot over there. So, there you go.
2: Well, we get confused with Iowa. So, we're drawing maps for people to go <laughs> to wherever to go to Iowa instead thinking that that's Idaho. <laughs> that's so funny. Working.
0: I, I believe that. I believe that. Most of us who are from the East Coast stay in the East Coast, so I believe you. <laughs> so, Rick, um, the way I always like to start off is for us to get to know you a little better. Yep. So my um, my audience gets to know who Rick is. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm a small-town guy from central Montana who uh, grew up uh, basically around cowboys and maybe even a few Indians out there as well. It's, Montana's a wonderful place to be from. It really uh, shaped a lot of my values, a lot of my—I uh, uh, learned how to work hard as a kid. And, you know, you just—I just grew up in a very small town where everybody knew their—everybody else's name. And it's kind of a Norman Rockwell type of small town. And, you know, I've been a pastor for a lot of my life. Uh, uh, that's that's kind of where I started out in my, in my career area. But eventually a professor of, of church ministry, leadership and such. Wow. Uh, but uh, several years ago uh, started doing some writing and speaking and started moving out more into the general market and now I I train leaders and teachers uh, do a lot in the area of education as well uh, still do pastoral training and also work with parents you know wow. but, so uh, just
0: little just little things you're not busy just a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> I'm basically a, a a jack of all trades master of none that's truly me
0: yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So um, how did you get into doing uh, pastoral work? Is faith something that's always been a part of your life? You grew up this way? Well,
2: you know, I always tell you, tell people, if you've got a grandma that's praying for you just, mm. and, and it's all about God, you know, just give up now because you know, you're, <laughs> not, you're not going to beat your grandma's prayers. Uh, yeah. No, I grew up in the church. Uh, it was just, uh, for me, a natural part of my life. And, you know, I struggled with my faith. As, mm-hmm. I, as I, mm-hmm. like most people do, you know, as far as understanding, you know, where God fits and, you know, just dealing with some of the harder issues and how that translates into different questions that, that we all deal with. Yeah. Uh, but for me, my faith, particularly in Jesus Christ, just uh, continued to be a, a source of of hope, a source of peace, a source of, of strength and, and joy. So, uh, you know, I, I had my moments, but as I worked through different obstacles in my life, but somehow, I always just kept coming back to the simple truth of of how Jesus uh, transforms people, and in my life, he certainly has been transformative.
0: Yeah, when when you say that you um were you know kind of going through those struggles in your life, um, can, can we talk about that a little bit? Do you mind if we dig into yeah. that?
1: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I like I like um uh, to dig into who people you know, were or what they've gone through in their life, right? Because faith does play a big part in my life as well. Um, But I was just wondering, like, when you went through some of the struggles, and if you'd like to share them, I would love to hear them. um, How, you know, what, what actually uh, shifted you to question it? If you grew up in the church, right, you grew up in the household, right? What, what, when, when an obstacle came or what the obstacle was, what, what made you kind of question your faith in, in God?
2: well my my first um is it really an obstacle it was just an event i you know I, when I was twelve years of age, I came home from junior high school, and my mom had abandoned the family she had run mm. off with a lover and she was gone and uh that was like the fall of the year and mm. i we didn't we didn't hear it we had no idea now I understand now later that that the the adults in the room kind of knew where she was at were tracking her. But as as a kid, I had no idea where she was at. All I knew was the mess that she left behind, and to be abandoned by your mother is is wow. is, is quite a quite a heart um, wound. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about dad, father wounds, and I already had a father wound because my dad uh, was ADD. He was absent dad disorder. Oh, and, never well, heard he that was, one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he was. I had that was, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, he was a trucker. And he was gone all week oh, So
0: was mine no oh, that's interesting yeah
2: and so when he was home uh, usually I was the the remote control to turn the TV channel or get him a beer or something like that but um, when my mom left that really that really was hard and yeah. uh, I don't remember it being so much uh, with my faith you know because what happened was my church kind of stepped in mm. my church stepped in and became my mom and my dad and my you know my grandparents on my mom's side actually brought us into their home and we lived with them Mm -hmm. you know
0: but were you but but was um (laughs) up to the point of 12 yeah Yeah. was your was your faith foundation because of your mother like is that how you came to faith because of that
2: yeah and see that's the thing it was my grandparents
0: okay Okay. My
2: grandparent my grandmother was very she she came to faith in jesus uh uh in her adult years and she became very you know I mean we went to church religiously. I mean people mm-hmm. go to church, but we went to church religiously Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes every night of the week we went to church and and it wasn't a hardship for me uh, it mm-hmm. was really uh you know I look forward to it. My friends were all there. Yeah. Uh, and i was in a real small church maybe a hundred people we all knew each other's names it was very deep community sundays we'd often eat at the church mm. everybody bring something
0: yeah yeah i think the the, the hard <laughs> part and you could mm. you know I'll probably attest to this i think the hard part about this is that when you're abandoned by your parent like that it is really really hard to trust god um I think because, because the people that you're supposed to trust that are physically there are not there. Right.
2: Yeah. And I'm very, I'm very sorry. My, no,
0: you're fine. you're fine. For
2: some reason, my uh, having a problem right now with my throat.
0: <laughs> Do you want to take a second?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please.
0: Yeah. I
2: don't know if that's something you can edit out or not, but yeah,
0: I'll edit it. It's not a problem. Okay. In fact, i write we it. We may down. have
2: to. We may have to um, work around that tonight. For some reason, um, I'm having. I'm having a little bit of problem. But
0: don't you worry about that, Rick.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I was, Thank you, I was
0: like that on one of my interviews too. It was awful because it starts to tickle. There's nothing you can do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, this is this is this is really kind of a first. And I've been doing these all week, so. But
0: well, maybe that's why, right? You've been doing them all week, and you haven't given yourself yeah. time to like heal. And we could definitely. Oh, oh. It's in there. There you are. <laughs> oh, and you're clear. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> you actually look well, better. <laughs> That's
2: funny. There you go. There you go. Well, I just said a prayer. God, get me through this. Right. And make, and make me clear. So, <laughs> ma'am. Okay,
0: it's completely fine. I mean, listen—if you want to just reschedule for another time, we could too. If you're okay, if you're up for it, it's up to you.
2: Well, let's 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 give it another five minutes and we'll see. Okay, but yeah. um, you know, I don't want to be a—I don't want to be a burden. And
0: you are not a burden um, in not that regard. All.
2: But uh, no, I, I, it's just I'm I'm a I'm a perfectionist in some of this stuff, and I yeah. just want to be be what <laughs> you too. need me to be. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: No, I'm a perfectionist too, but this is good, right? Because this is a great way to get us out of that. Because
2: yeah yeah I mean
0: sometimes being a perfectionist can really be a downfall, you know, yeah. It could be a good thing and it could be a downfall, right?
2: So remind me again of your last question, if you can remember, just to do yeah. um
0: I said the abandonment um the being abandoned can really cause you to not trust God, right? Yeah. because it because the people that are supposed to be there, the ones you're supposed to trust rely on, are not there and when your mom did what she did just a kind of up and left that leaves a gaping hole and it also leaves questions like why right, right. so i'm right. sure that that was a struggle for you especially at 12 and then to i mean i know you're going to church and everything else but still there has to be some lingering question there like why would yeah. god even allow this if there's even a god can you yeah. really trust him did you go through any of that
2: yeah a- absolutely. Uh, for me though, as, as I became a you know a perfectionist, I literally dived into my re- my faith and my religion and thought that you know a- in many ways, I viewed God like my dad. And mm-hmm. I often say that that we do tend to have a theology that revolves around our father. Uh, you know, for me, he being father, God, obviously in the Christian perspective, and that creates a problem because my dad was abusive.
0: Right. My
2: dad was aloof.
0: Sense.
2: My dad was, you know, he was distant. He was demanding. He was, you know, if I didn't do everything right, I'd get punished. Right. And so right. that's what I, that was my view of God. So I think my father kind of defined my faith more than my mother did. Mm. You know, her abandoning me uh, and abandoning the family, that was a painful personal wound. Right. And it created issues that I had to deal with with relationships around me because what happened was
0: yeah
1: I
2: couldn't I couldn't trust anybody right and 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 the people that said they love me, you know, it's hard when when you know my mom said she loved me and then she left me right. And right. every relationship I had, when I sensed that someone was gonna leave, i would I would leave first. Mm. You know, girlfriends. I would leave first you know mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of relationships that really messed up because did you have was, an,
0: did you have anything past a a dating relationship like were you ever married and then had yeah. to oh oh you did okay so did you yeah. did that in divorce as well or
2: yeah i got I got married when I was twenty and we had you know I thought I was married for life in fact right you know, um on my end of it it was it was a, a even though the marriage itself was not great at times. It was good. You know, I was, I, I, I always, I always look back on my, I, I was married for 30 years, Nina. And then wow. I was abandoned by my, by my wife. And she literally walked out the door one night and wow. never came back. And that was the one where I really questioned why, but I wasn't questioning God.
0: Right. 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 I was
2: questioning, I was questioning her, but um, it was, um, it was, it was really tough because for me, my abandonment issues were also driving certain addictions in my life because you have to mask the pain in some way. Right. And for me masking that pain, you know, through, through addictive behaviors became my solution, if you will. And, and, and and the process that, that didn't help. In fact, I, you know, I would wake up the next day with even more guilt, more shame,
0: struggling with who I really was. And that's deep. Yeah, yeah, that's deep, and and you know, like, and, and and it's also real. What you're what you're talking about is real stuff, right? And yeah. um, you know, I think a lot of people don't like to talk about that because it's just too sensitive and too hard. But you actually got into leadership because you became. You also said you were a pastor at some point, right? So were you a pastor during all of these transitions, or did you do this after? or oh, no, during. I,
2: I, Ooh, yeah, I harder. <laughs> I worked out. I worked out all of these kinks. Wow. In the airplane, as I was flying it, you know, dealing with my issues. Wow, wow! Uh, I wrote my first book at 25 years of age. It was a best-selling book. It was, uh, you know, when I look back on it, it's. I always say people talk about writing books, and I've been writing books, you know, like I said, since 25. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm. It was actually easy for me. I mm-hmm. didn't understand it back then. That was, you know, today you know, I look at what I did. It's, it's akin. I always tell somebody it's akin to jumping into a boat, going out in the middle of the lake, throwing out a, a lure with, you know, and just catching the biggest fish in the lake by accident. Right. That was my first book. Wow. I never, you know, that type of success just doesn't come. And in many ways I had success too early in life,
0: mm, you know, because wow. as
2: my life went up, uh, 20, 2007, I was at the top of my game. I had my doctorate in my hand. I just earned my doctorate. I was an executive director at a, at a Christian university. Uh, and and everything was, was working in my favor. My phone never stopped ringing. I was speaking all over the country. You know, everything was going right. And then, boom, the recession hit. That yeah. job was a bust. I couldn't find work. I'm over. I'm 45 years old. I'm told I'm too old. I've got too much education. I've got too... Mm-hmm too little, you know, whatever, everything there was something, something too with me all the way through. And I never had that experience before. And then in 2013, my wife walks out.
0: Wow. So did you, did you ever like um, yeah. look back and see the highs and lows of of all you've been through, Rick, and see like, did your relationship and your faith was it high when you were high? And then low when you were low, or was it opposite for you? Like opposite?
2: Yeah. Wow. You know, I think it was steady Mm. all the way through. For me, it was steady. It was a steady source of strength. When, when my wife walked out, I just, I I started, first of all, I'd been in, in a year of recovery at that point. Uh, I'd already, she walked out after I'd already done a lot of work on myself. And I think that was Mm -hmm. part of the, part of the issue, not, not to get it too much into her story, but you know, I, I think she just couldn't fix me anymore. I had found something else that was fixing me and it was real and it was working and I was in recovery and everything was, was going good. But for her, our marriage, you know, our relationship just wasn't. And, you know, she had her reasons But when she when she walked out, it actually was a divine pruning in my life because Mm -hmm. how God used that was the things that had he was he was wanting me to go in a direction that she didn't want to go. We were, you know, if you understand biblical terms and ideas, we were unbiblically, we were unequally Mm -hmm. yoked, you might Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of just two people that were we were on different planes and it just wasn't working. And I don't falter. I mean, she's happily married, remarried, and and has a wonderful life. And and I I spent about a year kind of in a loss. I call it the lost year, mm-hmm. as I tried to understand what God was doing in my life. But then I met a gal on eHarmony, no less, and we just immediately connected. And she was totally in you know in in, in as far as following what 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 God wanted to do in our lives. And at that point, I mean, everything just shifted for me. I mean, wow. everything, everything changed. Talk about beauty from ashes.
0: Right. Beauty
2: from ashes. That's what happened here. That's my story. And now I run a nonprofit faith-based organization. I, I speak. I've done more traveling uh, all over the world in the last 10 years. You know, things, the, the, the divorce was, was a point that, that moved me in a different direction. But I think God was working there. Yeah. You know, he takes our bad circumstances and turns them into good. If we're patient. Yeah. You know, I just tell people do the next right thing. Right. If you're in that moment. Just do the next right thing, because I think that's where the wise always get. I wrote something. I'm a, I'm a writer and I like to write little pithy things. But when there's a fork in the road, the wise person always goes to the right. Always takes the right. Just do the right thing. Thing I like that you
0: know? I I, like I, that.
2: for me it works, right? There are, there are a lot of forks in the road, yeah, and a lot of them can take you down some really dark spaces. And I've been in those dark spaces.
0: I'm I've, sure I've been
2: in those places, yeah. I'm sure. So
0: them. as a pastor, um and uh when your wife walked out, were you still a pastor at that time?
2: Yes, yeah. and I lost yeah. I lost all my work, except oh. for one job.
0: I was gonna I, ask you that, yeah, yeah
2: economically, it was the worst time of my life. I got to tell you a little bit more about my mom though, because uh, my mom, when she finally started to make a come about a year after she left, she tried to come back into our lives mm. and I refused. I just said, you hurt me too much, you know, right. but being the good Christian boy that I was and eventually a pastor, I realized you can't hate your mom right. and love Jesus. You know, you kind of right. have to, that, that doesn't work. So I am, um, I eventually got to the point where I said, mom, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to love you as much as I can, Mm. but, and I'm going to take care of you, but I'm never, you're never going to hear me say these words. I love you. You're never going to hear those. Not in this lifetime. Right. I'm going to, I will, that will be the, that will be my way of getting you back. Basically is what I was telling her for what you did to me. So I carried that pain that anger, that bitterness for decades.
0: It's funny, right? Because you, 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 you prefaced it by saying you can't not love your mom and love Jesus. But at the same time, you didn't forgive really, right? No, that was the problem. Yeah.
2: And then at eight, when I was 50 years old and a complete train wreck of a person, I went into recovery And in the recovery work, part of the process is you eventually have to do amends. And as I looked at my life, as I looked at the people that hurt me and I had to forgive them, and I looked at the people that I have hurt and I have to, you know, offer, offer my amends and offer forgiveness. You know, will you forgive me? With my mom, I realized I had to forgive her. Mm -hmm. And on Mother's Day of 20, let's see, this would be 14, 2014. I called her up and I just said, mom, I'm going to give you the mother's day gift. You've been waiting for all your life. I just want, you to know, I love you. Aww. And I felt a weight come off of me that had been there for decades
0: wow. wow. and a
2: releasing. And I felt, you know, and, and my mom and I, we'd always had this, you know, tension. In fact, she just liked to talk. Yeah. You know, she's like, a lot of times I would just call her and she'd get talking. I just, I could drive for hours as she's just talking in my ear. You know, it was a great way to to waste time. But we had actually our first conversation. And she asked me to forgive her for for the pain that she caused. And I said, Mom, it's forgiven. I forgive you. And from that point on, we had a wonderful relationship. And I only say, you know, say that because it wasn't that much longer. Maybe a year and a half later, she passed away.
0: You would have missed and, that opportunity.
2: And it was a window. And yeah. my dad, same thing. Uh, my dad, we had a moment where we just we had to battle it out. I had to deal with his abusiveness, and I had to yeah. I, I had to confess, hey, dad, these things were very hurtful. And we had that moment, and he doesn't even remember some of it, right? and i realized i still have to forgive you yeah i love what i love what jesus said from the cross father forgive them for they don't know what do they're what doing they do. yeah and sometimes yeah. you just have to do that i mean that forgiveness yeah. so yeah. my dad and i he's still alive we end every conversation with i love you and Isn't that awesome he, yeah he never said that to me as a kid i never heard i love you i never heard i'm proud of you right my, my dad my dad's proud of me now and he loves me. That's yeah, not something.
0: And it's something yeah. because even in our age, we we still want that. We still want that. Right. So, it, you know, the funny thing is you said that when you said, mom, I, I love you and that weight lifted off. And then you just think, no wonder the Lord says to forgive because mm-hmm. you're walking around with this weight that was unnecessary for yeah. so long. Right. It's-
2: and I try. I put those chains on me.
0: Yeah. It was I mean. my
2: choice, and then I tried to remove the chains using all sorts of different addictive behaviors, right. whatever it might be. Some, some quite damaging, by the way. Yeah, and sure. none, of, nothing worked.
0: Well, that's I mean, addiction in itself is a destructive thing, right? Regardless right. of what the addiction is, right? It's yeah, it's true. literally enslaving you to whatever it is, right? Yeah. That addiction. So that's that's pretty in depth because um, you were able to get through that. But there's a there's a sense of freedom that comes with something like that, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. The freedom that comes with that, that probably and I don't know if this is a true statement, but I would think that that would catapult you into you really walking into whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Right. Did you feel that?
2: Yeah. What it did was it freed me to really love my wife, Linda. Now, you know, Uh, because I had I spent 30 years emotionally insecure with my Mm -hmm. my ex-wife. You know, we, we just had an emotionally insecure relationship Mm -hmm. and that emotional insecurity I learned was what would trigger me to pursue many of the addictive behaviors that I pursued over the years. And, and also it, it, it was a part of how I would be paranoid. You know, if I, again, felt that a relationship was starting to fray, maybe a job was starting to go sour or an opportunity or something I was doing. I would always, I would always leave before I got left. I would run mm-hmm. before I got run over. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hurt before I got hurt.
0: Right. I was, a, I was a hot mess. Right. For years. <laughs> Aren't we all? I so was a hot mess. Now, does your new? You said Linda's your yeah. wife, right?
2: Yeah, Linda's my yeah. wife. We've been yeah. married now. Well, be we, we we actually have just had our eHarmony anniversary seven oh, years. That's seven years. so
0: great. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do you feel? Um, Do you ever have to wake up and battle that again, right? That, that fear of abandonment, that, that fear of, you know, um, being run over like that kind of stuff. Is that something that you have to like put on the cross all the time, or is this something you feel like you've settled with God and it's, you're good now? How do you feel about that?
1: I think
2: that stuff I've settled, what I deal with now more than anything is, is the validation Mm Mm-hmm. Um, part of, of my, my response, emotional response in life was applause. I, I became a, I was an actor in high school. I did theater. And so to go on stage, I found that I could put a mask on and I could through my lines by saying them in a, in a certain way, I could make people laugh. I could make them cry. In other mm-hmm. words, I could manipulate applause. And there was no better feeling than that when that curtain call happened and you gave your bow and the audience stood on their feet and applauded you. And I became addicted to those type of highs. When Mm. I talk about addiction, that's one of the things I was addicted to. I was addicted to applause. Wow. And the problem with that is that translates. For example, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, Even to this Mm -hmm. day, there's sometimes I'll Mm -hmm. write something out and it'll be brilliant, absolutely brilliant stuff. But when nobody likes it, and I give it, I call it the 15 minute rule. If nobody likes it within 15 minutes, I'm going to remove it. They don't deserve (laughs) that type of wisdom, (laughs) I guess. They
0: They don't deserve it.
2: They don't deserve it. Now, there might be nobody out there. I may just, you know, I may just have put it out there at the wrong time. Yeah. But, or maybe Facebook (laughs) Facebook algorithms being what they are, they're just going, yeah, it's a chromie today. I don't know. But, bottom line is i I hear people all the time that come i read everything you write i love what you write i'm going well then you need to like it because if you don't like it i'm basically going
0: crazy on my end so yeah (laughs) i still
2: deal with it
0: that is so real oh my god rick that is so real right because i think that that is one of the things that has shifted a lot in this new era we're in right is Yeah. Is the applause or, you know, putting something out there that's not even really you, but you, because it got good traction or people liked it. So that's who you're trying to morph into. That's a real thing. Yeah, That's a real thing. So yeah. you, if you're, if you're still dealing with that, then I'm, ass- I'm assuming that you have to you know, kind of catch yourself because you still are on stages. You still are speaking to lots of people, right? You're still bringing Mm -hmm. wisdom out. You're still leading pastors and leading leaders, right? So I'm sure that that's something you have to kind of check yourself on to make sure that you're doing the work because of the integrity of the work and what you want to do and not for the applause, right?
2: Yeah. And what I've learned more than anything is I don't, look at my, I look at my applause as well as criticism. See, the other Mm -hmm. side is criticism. Mm -hmm. You know, you write stuff and then all of a sudden people start criticizing you. I I have people all the time say, I'd love to write. I'd love to be a writer like you. I'm going, yeah, right.
0: Right. (laughs) You're right. (laughs)
2: Most most people criticize you as a leader. I I get way more criticism than I get compliments. It's a very lonely job at the top, if you might say, but, um, for me i've learned not to not to make my applause nor my criticism i don't idolize either one good you know i don't make either one you know the sent- the reason i do everything in fact every day i have a simple prayer i just want to get up and inspire somebody yeah i just want to share show the light shine the light. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to shine the light in people's eyes just to get Mm -hmm. the attention. But I just want to I want to make a little dent in the world every single day. So today, this hour, this moment, it's with you, Nina.
0: Right. No, this is a great conversation. So you are no worries on that. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like that. I, I like that you um that you really are looking at it like, you know, who can I impact today? Who can i impact today as opposed to who's gonna applaud me today right who's yeah. gonna read my post before i delete it you know yeah yeah it
2: just in, in the end it's 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 a it's i love what solomon writes in ecclesiastes it's it's chasing the wind mm. you know mm. you know he had everything by the way you read ecclesiastes yeah he's a guy who had absolutely everything yeah. He had all the money, all the women, all the power, all wasn't the enough. land, all enough. the riches and everything. And at the end he says, I'm miserable.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know? I'd that's love right. to be
2: miserable like that for yeah. one, just one day. Let me be miserable like that God. But Hey, right. I, what I love more than anything and what drives me more than anything is I just have a desire to help people. Mm. Uh, in the last year I've, fall in love with history. So I do a lot of interpretation of history and my new book on generations and technology. It's all about helping people understand generations. And I, I love that and helping navigate culture and stuff. That's who I am. That's but awesome. I also still explore faith with people.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, that's in you, right? It's built in you. I mean, you know, your faith right. is a part of you. So right. yeah. So you're, so you're no longer pastoring, right?
2: Well, actually, in about an hour, I'm going to be at a life group, a church for people who don't go to church.
0: Oh, that's cool! Yeah, that's really and, great. And
2: We are we are, we meet tonight, and we'll gather for a time of fellowship. And we'll, I think tonight we're going to dive into the uh, Bible story of of Jesus' birth and just take a look at that. That'll be fun because it's Christmas. Time. Yeah, it's almost
0: Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah why that's not? Really great. Why
2: not? And and then we have uh, a time of prayer where we where we spend time in prayer with each other and, and then we have, we take the Lord's supper. So in that regard, but there are a lot of people in our group that don't go to church anywhere. Okay. And we are that fellowship. Wow. So that's, that's been my, in man, in my, in my 2020 COVID moment, I just had a brain, you know, uh, thought that, you know, there are a lot of people who aren't going to church, but what they're, what they're craving is the, it's the community.
0: Community, so yeah. Yeah. I well, to. I mean, that's what churches, you know, was built on, right? Is that community, that gathering of one another and like being there to support one another, even though now we're doing it all virtually, which it's okay, right? I kind of like being around the church, you know, feeling and people. Yeah. But,
2: but where you're at. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't know where you're at, but here in Idaho, we never closed down.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, we closed down. We're in Connecticut. We closed down.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah,
0: we're reopening. A lot of places are reopening back up yeah. and it's nice, but now you're almost shifted a little bit. Like Sundays, you're actually staying home a little more and not going to church like that. And, you know, everybody's mindset has shifted. I had one question for you though, Rick. Yeah. Do you feel, um, you know, as a person of faith and a person who's out there inspiring others and um, and leading others, do you feel like God ha- gives you a purpose and a plan while you're here on earth? Or do you feel like uh, you kind of make your way as you go yourself?
2: Uh, I'm I'm definitely, um, I, I feel that's a theological question. And yes, what God. I believe, what I believe is that, um, you know, when it comes to understanding God's purposes, first of all, we don't know God's purposes. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we, even God's will, what's God's will for my life. Well, that's a very selfish question when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, my life, you know, the fact that God even pays attention to me is, is a miracle in my, in my thinking. <laughs> so I, I look at, I look at God's purposes, like the grand Canyon, you know, what yeah. does he really, what does he really want? He wants me to be in relationship with him yep. and he wants me to glorify him. So that's a pretty wide Canyon. Yeah. But down at the bottom, I do think that there's this raging river wild, which is kind of a more specific will, or purpose that God has for our lives. And for those of us who dare to dip our toes into that and get swept away by the waters of that that raging river of, of God's specific purpose for our lives, he can take us places we would never imagine. Right? I, I never imagined I would be doing what I'm doing today right. when I was 20 years of age. Right? Never imagined it.
0: It probably feels right too, doesn't it? It, it, it probably just feels like this is your thing right now, right? I
2: wake up, can't, I can't wait to go to work and figure out yeah, what I'm going to do. Yeah, is that work. awesome? And I've never made less money in my life. Right. <laughs> I've never right. been more broke in my life. You know? That's
0: hilarious.
2: I shouldn't That's- say that. The funny thing is, is that God has amply supplied. Right. Uh, I actually have more money in the bank than I've ever had in my life.
0: Right. You know? Right.
2: Uh, I right. live in Thank a house. God. Yeah, we bought, our, we bought the, the beautiful house I live in right now. We're, we're debt free. We right. don't. We don't owe a thing
0: on it. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. You, a, you got a beautiful wife. You got a fully paid house. You got God on your side. You are mm-hmm. doing really, really well. And I and I love um, that you are, you know, diving into people's lives in this way. I mean, they're they're really great, tangible ways. What you're doing tonight with your group the book that you wrote, right, on, um, uh, I think it was on generations and, and technology, yeah. right? Gen- um, yeah, which um, I was reading a little bit of it. It sounds really interesting. I think I'm going to go ahead and go on there and get me a copy because um, there was a, you know, you dive into all the generations, like Generation yeah. X and the, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, ah. Generation X. I have to read about that a little bit. So It's,
2: it's fun. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I, just for your audience' sake, if you're interested in buy, purchasing Gen Tech go to rickcromey.com you'll probably have that somewhere in in, yep. in this uh, but go to web, my website for what you would pay at Amazon I'll send it to you as well but I I can autograph it for you. Oh, so if cool. you buy it through if you buy it through my website, I autograph it for you and uh, it's it's more personal that way and that's also how I roll. I, I, I like to make things personal yeah. and develop relationships. I don't think this is going to be the end of our conversations, Nina. No, I, half hope not. Is not enough.
0: I hope not it sure isn't um but i want to thank you for spending this time with me because mm. i know that you were a little tiny bit under the weather and you have a group to go to next and i'm like yeah. your 50th podcast this week or something <laughs> but i really really appreciate your time i really do I appreciate your time mm. and your wisdom and i thank you for spending this time with me
2: thank, uh, you. thank you nina
0: so, everybody can go just to rickcromey.com and then find everything there, or is there other, other areas we should look at? Uh,
2: just start there. Start okay. there. And then uh, I do have a faith based organization called MANA Educational Services International. That's a different website, but rickcromey.com okay. is the place to start uh, to get to know me.
0: All right. Great. I'm so glad we met. So glad. And guys, thank you for being here with us tonight. This was so much fun. So I'm going to make sure that uh, Rick's information is all linked below so that you can go ahead and click on there, go visit his site, visit uh, if you like to. I think you, uh, are, you can get booked for speaking engagements and stuff oh, like yeah. that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I would. I
2: Man, that's why I do this. You right. know, I love to come out and, and share with businesses and organizations and schools. I do schools as well. That's amazing. I'd love to come and train your parents or your, your parents, your teachers, your pastors, your leaders, right. whatever it is
0: right you know, yeah that's great up. that's great yes please uh, make sure that you uh, look him up and and go ahead and grab his book too and if you're gonna grab it grab it from his site because how much, how amazing would that be to just get a nice autograph book so thank you guys for being here this is nina perez this is straight talk no sugar added until next time the broadcast is brought to you by wincheck studios we are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners downloads and income.